0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 270 what we teach young people about emotion. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So this topic, um, what we, how we talk about emotion, what we say to our kids and our nieces and nephews and students, if you're a teacher, about emotion, um, it's really been pulling at me lately. And to be honest, for many years, um, of course, there have been a lot of questions, people asking me to speak to this, like, what should we tell our kids? What is the most helpful thing? Like, how do we teach them to lean in and see that emotion is safe? Um, a lot of questions like that about how to be with our children with this in just the most helpful way, I guess. And, you know, I always um, pass those questions off to someone else. <laughs> I just do. I've never really spoken about it, I guess, in part, because I I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't know the right thing. I don't think there is a right thing. I for sure do not feel like I say the the most helpful things to my kids a lot of the times. I really don't like things come out of my mouth all the time, and that I instantly, as soon as I hear them, wish I could take them back. Um, I don't sit and regret over that and worry over that. That it's like, oh yeah, that was probably not the best, and we move on. You know. So I don't. I don't feel like this is a super um, a super easy thing for anyone, but but here's the thing. I also just think like everything um the more the more that we just kind of come to see things ourselves from exploring ourselves as adults, we explore we see what looks true to us, what's true in our experience, what we actually find around emotion that's going to kind of boost your grounding. That's going to change your filter and your perspective so that when you do open your mouth to talk to a kid about, about something around along these lines, like it's just more likely to be helpful. That, it's it's kind of the difference between like trying really hard to see the red tint in everything out in the world. Like if you really kind of squint your eyes and look for it, you can find some red in a lot of things versus just putting on red glasses. When you put on the red glasses, that's your filter. You're just going to see red. And I guess that's kind of how I think of this and why I'm always pointing people back toward like, just see what you see. Don't worry about the words or the stories or the metaphors your kids might get or the resources to give your kids. I don't really know anything about those anyway. But but that feels like it's just a lot of extra steps. Like it's trying to manipulate something to get some effect out of them when really our and it's just so much work and it doesn't really work that way. So our only option, I think, is for us to keep seeing more about emotion, keep feeling things ourselves, look to our own experience about what looks true to us. And then we can't help but share that way when it's really authentic. So um, so that's that, and that's kind of why I always avoid this this topic. Um, but I do want to speak to it because I, I do hear a lot um, about specifically a a kind of an issue that kids get into when like, for example, someone says something unkind to them, like when their feelings are hurt, when someone's been mean to them, when they're having just some really strong emotions. It's not only when someone else has apparently done that to them, but that's a, a big thing, especially for younger kids. Um, But just, you know, when they're just experiencing a lot of emotion, very, very often I hear parents, um, not so much maybe parents who would be listening to this podcast, but just out in the world, say things that really kind of can look and feel sort of helpful and empowering on the surface, but I don't know that they really are. So for example, telling your kids things like, well, you decide how you feel. I heard someone very close to me say that she tells her seven-year-old son, you're in charge of your feelings. You decide how you feel. When he's feeling sad or he's feeling like someone was mean to him, that's on you. You're in charge of of how you feel. Um, You choose your reactions. Things like, um, you know, what other people do and say, doesn't have any meaning except the meaning you give it now it's tricky, it's tricky because you know on the face of it, and really to these parents, I think I'm sure to these parents like that feels kind of empowering and it and it can be, and we've talked about this, I know I've talked about this in other contexts, there's so many things that really are helpful for us, really are empowering for us to a certain point, and then they aren't anymore. So if you have spent your life, let's take it out of kids for a minute, and as adults, if we've spent most of our life feeling like a complete victim, really truly believing that other people's words have this direct, like, what's the word I'm looking for? A direct impact on us that could not be any other way. Like it just, when somebody says something, you're going to feel that way. When when you really feel like a victim to all of that and very powerless and you're kind of walking through life just hoping people don't say mean things or bad things don't happen to to start to wake up to like no it's not that way it's not exactly like that like maybe there's something happening in your mind that's interpreting this or maybe there's maybe there's an in between step super empowering and probably many of us can relate to that i definitely can i mean as a teenager and young adult these were the messages that this is what i was reading in self help these are the kinds of things my mother told me like you're not a victim. It's up to you. You get to decide. You get to choose. And really coming from a victim place, that was awesome. That was good news. Now, it still usually leaves us in this place where we're like, okay, cool. Now, how do I choose? (laughs) Like, okay, cool. Bam, I'll choose. I choose to just feel amazing all the time. Oh, wait, that's not working. You know, so it, it brings up other questions and some confusion usually pretty quickly. But to a certain point it can be like a stepping stone. I've talked about this with regard to the free will conversation. Again, if you feel like a complete victim all the time in life and then someone, you know, says, "Hey, maybe you have a choice here and you can use your own free will and you don't have to believe everything you think." Super empowering. Then usually you're kind of in that and it and it starts you start to hit some walls. You start to see, "Wait a minute." this willpower thing or this free will thing, it's not its not all that they sold it to be. <laughs> like I can't just use it however and whenever I want. And then that's beautiful because that kind of bumps our head on the ceiling and we have to just kind of look a little deeper and things open up even more. So in many ways, again, this these messages, I get it. It's so understandable to see why we're telling our children this. Um, and how it feels like really kind of helpful but if you're listening to this and especially when we're talking to kids I think kids I think kids are kind of ready for the truth they they haven't spent years and years maybe like we did feeling like a victim these are you know relatively young people who just have hurt feelings like my hunch and, and again I would never tell anyone what to say to their kid. I have no clue, but my hunch is more often than not, we can just go straight there. They don't have to take the path that we took of kind of ratcheting our way up to a little bit more empowerment, bumping our head on the ceiling. I mean, it's still maybe going to work like that or look looks like it's working like that to some extent, but maybe and in some ways, the younger, the, the younger they are, the more likely this is, we can just kind of go for it. We can just go straight straight to it. So what I think is so important, and I've said this already, I think, is really that we as the adults in these kids' lives, we look to our own experience and we share what we've seen not something we read in a self-help book, which I know, again, I give my mom a lot of credit for this. She read a lot of self-help. She passed that habit on to me. She truly, truly was telling me what she hoped to be true. You're in charge. You're in control. You can think about what you want in life and manifest anything you want. She was telling me and sharing what she hoped to be true, I don't know that she was telling me and sharing what her direct experience showed her. And that's a, that's a big difference. You know, when we can, when we're open to really looking deeply at this stuff and saying, well, what is my actual truth? Like, what do I, what have I seen here in my own direct experience? Not some nice idea. And we share that with the caveat, again, that it is just our direct experience, that we don't really know anything. And we want the children to explore this themselves and see what their direct experience shows us. When we're doing that, I think we we just kind of can't go wrong in a sense. So we can look for our truth and sort of point there. And so, you know, to go back to some of these statements like, do you you decide how you feel? You're in charge of how you feel. That's your decision. Is that what your direct experience shows you? Do you decide how you feel? How do you do that? Do you do that all the time in every moment, every feeling like you decided it? Or does it feel like something that maybe sometimes you feel you have the ability to decide how you feel and other times you don't? I don't know. Like, we have to look at these things ourselves. And just by looking in that deep way, like, that's really simple, what I just said, very simple questions. But you can kind of sense, like, how much deeper that is than just this blanket statement that we heard passed down from, you know, something that feels kind of empowering and motivational. You decide how you feel. That's just so full of hope which i i don't mean to make hope like a bad word but it's so full of hope but again does it does it stand up like is it real is it the truth in anyone's actual experience we have to look and see and when we're coming from that degree of having you know explored this a little bit i think it's just going to go so so much differently so Choosing your reactions. You choose your reaction to things. Do you choose your reaction to things? I don't feel like I choose my reactions. I feel like a reaction, reactions show up. And then there's a bunch of thinking that comes after those reactions, right? Sometimes that thinking is this shouldn't have happened and they're wrong and I'm right. And that can go on and on for quite a while. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's a very compassionate thought that shows up that says, oh, that's that sucks this hurts i'm not choosing this i wish i didn't feel this you know like who knows what it is but look for ourselves before we tell kids that they choose their reactions and and just share hey this is how it feels to me how does it feel to you i think even kids of like 4 or 5 i mean they can they can answer those questions. Maybe not answer those questions, but they can ask those questions. They can look in this direction. They might not be able to articulate much. They might look at you like they don't know what you're talking about. But why not just be really direct and honest about it and and start them off really young looking for themselves rather than just kind of believing some sort of cliche statements that we tell them. And the other one I mentioned what other people say has no meaning except the meaning you give it. I mean, is that our experience? Do you have, when you look at your direct experience, someone says something to you, do you go in and actively assign meaning to that? Or does the meaning seem to just appear? Are there times when meaning appears and you can kind of see it as meaning that appeared and it And, you know, maybe it's adopted and maybe it isn't. Are there times when it just looks like that's the way it is, no questions asked? You know, like as we explore this ourselves, we can just point in a really, really different way. And I think when we're saying these things about choosing and deciding and assigning meaning, the real issue here the whole reason that we're really talking about this is that we want to acknowledge the downside and we don't know what the downside is, or even if there will be a downside. So a kid might hear you choose your reactions. You might say those words or you decide how you feel and they are able, and they just, they just hear it in a way that's super clear and helpful for them. But oftentimes they don't. (laughs) And I know how my perfectionistic mind heard all of this as a kid, like, Oh, so I'm in control of how I feel. Okay, that feels better and more empowering. But then wait a minute. It didn't take long for the wait a minute. But wait a minute. I still feel bad. What am I doing wrong? Wait a minute. When that kid didn't ask me to sit at their lunch table or that boy that I have a crush on doesn't have a crush on me back, I feel really bad about that. But oh crap, my mom told me I'm choosing my reaction. So I'm choosing wrong. How do I choose the right one? I can't, I don't know how to choose the right one. Oh, I'm never going to get this right. I don't know how to do this. She said this is what people do. Like this is how life works, but I don't I can't do it. It's not working for me. I must be different. There must be something wrong with me. That might sound dramatic. <laughs> I don't know if it does or not, but it's 100% how my mind always worked. Tell me I'm in charge of something. I'm in control. It's up to me. I'm assigning the meaning. My mind's gonna take that and and totally beat me up with that if I'm not doing it, you know, quote unquote right. So again, I'm not suggesting everyone's mind sees it exactly that way, but I think that's the that's the downside and that's the ceiling, you know, it's the potential downside and it's the it's the ceiling we're gonna bump our heads on at some point and be like, okay, that was sort of helpful for a period of time, but but now I'm just confused. And in a lot of cases, it's more than that. It's now I'm just confused and now there must be something wrong with me because apparently everybody else is choosing to be happy and I'm not. I don't know how to do that. When I was thinking about recording this, um, just thinking about speaking on this topic since I've always avoided (laughs) the kid questions. um, It was funny. We had the, what is it? Not orientation, but uh, like when you go to the school, my kids are in middle school now, it's the same school. Um, they go and p- they pick up their schedule and they get their pictures done and they walk Walk their schedule, find their lockers, all of that. So we're walking around their middle school and there's a board um, that had something to do with mental health. And there is these little, you know, they have like the little papers where you can kind of rip a paper off and it had designs. These papers had designs on them, kind of like adult coloring book type designs, like stress reliever things you could color. And they had phrases on them. And Willow grabbed one and put it in front of me because she knew it would get a reaction out of me. And it said, I am I have it right in front of me. I am in control of my anxiety and she grabs it and she's like hey mommy what do you think about this <laughs> knowing i would not like it and miller who's like mortified super embarrassed about anything grabs it and he's like don't give her that she's going to go talk to the school psychologist and <laughs> which i wouldn't do but again it was like <sighs> i'm not going to go talk to the school psychologist but i wouldn't be mad if she listened <laughs> to this episode you know, it's so well-meaning. It's all so well-meaning. And I don't want to make it sound like this stuff is damaging. Again, I I might just be very biased in that. Um, But I don't think so, because I've heard from quite a few people who heard these empowering messages in a a similar way. But I don't, but, but, but we're so resilient. And like I said in the beginning, I say kind of the quote unquote wrong things to my kids all the time. I nag the crap out of them at times. I am super controlling about things. I I say things that are snarky and unkind and then instantly wish I hadn't said them. And I, And I really, for the most part, don't have a ton of beating myself up over that because it's like, I just know their resilience too. I know how to, say I'm sorry. I know how to just move on and not make these things a huge deal. And you all do too. So I don't want to make it sound like if we give these empowering messages that we're doing all this damage or we have to say it the right way. And again, I know like to see this board, there's a whole board in the school and there's all kinds of messages in my kids' school and I'm sure most schools about mental health and feeling okay, and so much effort is put into this, and it's so incredibly well-meaning. I just wonder, though, you know, if, if we were not just passing on cliches, but really testing this stuff ourselves, how these messages might be just slightly different. If we only shared what we had seen in our own direct experience, what that might do for kids, you know? And if we shared bigger things that aren't all about me and control, and again, I know it is certain, and my kids are almost 12 and 14 and they're all about me, me, me. Their whole life is centered around me and that's totally the design. That's great. So maybe those are, maybe it's me and having some control is the most helpful thing to some degree. But I also think if we could just See and share, like feelings come and we feel them. That's the thing about feelings. And they also completely dissolve. Rather than are you in control of your anxiety? You're in control of your anxiety. Yay. I I can feel when anxious feelings are there. I notice when anxiety arises and I notice when it goes away. Having an eye on things like that seeing the totally self-correcting impermanent nature of all of this rather than having to insert a me with control and choice and decision in the middle of it all the time I don't know it just feels like it's it's at least worth adding (laughs) it's at least worth considering and expanding what we're doing you know to have people looking a little bit more in that direction If you benefit from this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a quick review on iTunes. Listener reviews go a really long way in attracting brand new listeners to this understanding. And they also show me that you're listening and that you're benefiting from what you hear, which goes a really long way in encouraging me to keep going. So please pop over, leave a quick review if you're so inclined. And thank you so much for those of you who have reviewed it already.